the presentation of the Rio Grande Oil Company. Offenders, please, calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 68. All cars are to watch the traffic violation. No one is to be accepted. If you citations on all violations, no matter how small, and infringement of the law. That's all. Those who take Traffic deaths have been reduced 
25% over the preceding 31 days record. It is my pleasure to be able to present to you tonight Judges Brand and Dawson, who will tell you how important it is to save a life. Judge Brand. Judges of the traffic court have been threatened with political homicides. We are told that we are making a thousand enemies a day. And all because in handling up to 1,000 traffic violators a day, we see fit to do our duty. It is my privilege to serve notice here and now to those who are resentful of the fact that they are receiving their just due in court, that I am going to continue imposing jail sentences and fines upon those who are endangering the lives of the men, women, and children of this city through recklessness on the public highways. We are going to continue the judicial drive for public safety, whether it means our death through political reprisal or not. For a judge to do less would be searching his duty. It would be violating his oath of office. I wonder, does the public have a faint idea of the harm resulting from accidents on the highway, due mostly to recklessness? Does it know that in the last five years there have been 225,000 persons killed or injured in the state of California alone by vehicles? Does the public know that in the last year as many people were killed by such mishaps in California and in the United States? as were killed in the entire American Expeditionary Forces in France during the World War, that five times as many were injured as were wounded in the World War. For that reason, Judge Dawson and I have declared war on reckless drivers and reckless pedestrians. Whether it is at the wheel or on foot, reckless must be, recklessness must be eliminated. Caution must prevail. We are facing a crisis. The death toll among our children is mounted. The counteract children is mounted. The counteract children is mounted. To counteract this, we judges are compelled to bring the lesson of caution home to the public. And we can do this only by setting an example for those traffic violators who are brought before us. We are going to be unsparing with motorists who laugh at the law and public safety. We are going to be equally unsparing with pedestrians who enter the highways with the thought that it is entirely up to the drivers to look out for them. The duty is incumbent upon the driver and pedestrian alike to exercise care and caution. Carelessness and recklessness must be stamped out. Accidents must be reduced. The streets must be made safe. To this end, we have declared war. And regardless of threats or attempts at political influence, the battle will be carried on without clemency or armistice until a complete victory is obtained. Now get this, citizens of the West. There is no excuse for you not to be familiar with the California Vehicle Act in this division. There is nothing mysterious about it. It shouts in language that any school child can understand. If you want to read it, I'll be pleased to send you a copy free. This is just a card to me. Judge Edward R. Brand, in care of the Hall of Justice, Los Angeles. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. Until I receive your request for a copy of the Vehicle Act, just remember the admonition of the ancient law, the commandment, Thou shalt not kill. <laughs> Let us peer into the home of the Kenny family. Dinner is over and Mr. Kenny is deep in his evening paper while Mrs. Kenny sits quietly mending. From the other room comes the gay voice of Sally, their only child. Well, what's the reason for all this gaiety in town, Sarah? 
Sally's made up with Bob and he's coming around today. Yeah. He's terribly in love with Bob. In love? Huh? Sally in love? Why, she's just about the 16th birthday. That young Bobby kid, why, he's still under 20. Love, huh? If you remember back just a few years to the horse and buggy days, and recall young Tom Kennedy at the age of 18 and how he mooned at the gate for Sarah Evans. Yeah. <coughs> well, well, times are different then. No, Tom, no different. Human nature doesn't change in a generation. Only I learned my mistake too late. What do you mean? I held you off for 10 years until you got a start in the world. Well, taken by and large, that was a good idea, Sarah. Look at the results. You have a nice home, good clothes, a new car. You haven't had to worry during this depression. You'll never have to worry. Those 10 years gave me the chance to get my foothold, lay the foundation for all this. I'd willingly have traded it, Tom. Traded? What are you talking about? Traded some of the security we have now for that handsome young John Fenner, who grew old laying the foundation on to, to get married. Why? I'm surprised and at you. And if Sally sets her mind on Bobby or any other boy, I'll never stand in her way. Sarah, what are you saying? The idea of thinking such a thing. My daughter must have security when she marries. Why, why, I'm astonished at you. Astonished. Oh, that's Bobby, Mother. I'll answer it. Hello, Bobby. Hiya, Sally. See you look swell tonight. Oh, thanks, Bobby. Come on in. Talk to me and Mother and Daddy for a minute, and I'll get my feet. Okay. Evening, Mr. Kenny. Hello, Bobby. Evening, Mr. Kenny. <coughs> Nice, nice weather we're having, isn't it? Yes, I guess the past is over for the winter. <laughs> yes, I guess so. And young man? Yes, sir. Go for your intentions toward my daughter. Oh, Margaret. I beg your pardon, sir? You heard me. What are your intentions toward my daughter? Why, I... I don't know. I like her a lot. I... Gosh, I even love her, I guess. <laughs> you love her. You guess. <laughs> Did you keep a roof over her head? Well, I, I hadn't thought about that. Oh, my oh you hadn't thought about that. Well, well, listen here, young man. Before you come around here with any ideas of love, you better find yourself a job that will pay for living expenses. Hey, Father, I heard what you said, and I don't think it's any of your business. It's plenty of my business. I've worked hard to bring you up, and I'm going to see to it that when somebody else starts taking care of you, you'll be properly taken care of. No. I guess I'd better be going. And I'm going with you. Where are you going? I don't know, and, and I don't care. Harry, I forbid you to leave this house. Why are you impertinent? No, not impertinent, Tom, just conviction. I wish I'd done the same thing when my father talked to you that way 25 years ago. Then we wouldn't have missed so much. What do you mean? Oh, nothing. You'll never know what you missed, Tom. And I can only guess. Sorry it happened, Bobby. Dad didn't have any right to talk that way. Oh, that's okay. I don't know what got into him. Oh, he's just funny. Well, what's the difference? Here you are, and here am I. The top's down, knees out. And I got a new supercharger under the hood. A supercharger? What's that? A special gadget for the motor. Makes the old jalopy do over 100. Oh, this old Ford can't do over 50. Is that so? Well, I haven't let it out yet. But it's guaranteed to do over 100. Come on, show me. Too many cops out now. Let's go over to one of the beer gardens up on Santa Monica Boulevard for a while. And then after the cops have gone to bed, we'll do a little road work. Okay. Oh. 
And at about the same time, in a little rear cottage in a modest neighborhood, Terry Brown rises from the dinner table. Son, you haven't finished your dessert. Yeah, I know it, Mother, but I've got a rush. Again tonight? Yeah, the boss told me to relieve a man at the filling station over on Santa Monica Boulevard. But, son, you worked so hard all day. Oh, I know it, Mom, but I can't make enough money that way. I want to do things for you, big things. You're a good boy, Harry. I don't know how we'd ever have gotten through these terrible years since your father died if it wasn't for you. Well, what are sons for if they're not to take care of their mother? When will you be back? Well, I don't know. I think they close about 12 out there. But I'll get home just as fast as that old bus of mine will bring me. Drive carefully, Harry. Oh, don't worry, Mother. I always do. <laughs> soldier used to say that there was a bullet with his name on it. If the enemy fired that bullet, then he was through. If not, he lived. In our modern battle for existence, the titanic struggle of man against man-created machines, a warfare which last year claimed the lives of as many Americans in traffic accidents as the bloody World War claimed at the front, in this new warfare, it isn't so simple. Every approaching automobile has our name on it. Yes, they lurk anywhere. In a weak tire, on the soft shoulder of a highway, in glaring headlights, in an unwary pedestrian, there was only one answer. Safety, safety first, last, and always. No soldier during the war, no matter how brave, would go into no man's land with all the precautions, without all the precautions he could command. Tin hat, gas mask, gun, and grenade. But we foolish automobilists and pedestrians daily fare forth into the bloodiest danger, leaving behind us our most essential safety device, our brains. (laughs) But to return to the protagonist in our story, the bloody god of the highway, death, is digging to himself this night as he squats above the city. His breath reeking with gasoline exhaust vapors. His eyes are broken headlights. His breast plates the battered mud guard from a hundred wrecks. And he wears a necklace of glittering blood stained pieces of broken windshield. He has numbered two cars. He has ordered himself from entertainment. His snorts that sound like a Korean backfire. He can scarcely wait for his little show to begin. Meanwhile, in a beer garden on Santa Monica Boulevard. Hey, waiter, another picture of beer. Oh, Bobby, please don't get tired. You get tired? Oh, big jelly, honey. It takes a lot more than a little beer to get me tired. Yes, but you want a couple of highballs, please. Oh, that just settles the beer. Anyway, I needed those highballs to settle my temper. Oh, now, Bobby, please forget it. Bobby didn't mean anything. Well, he gave me an idea. He's going to be so tough, you might as well give him something to be tough about. What do you mean, Bobby? Charlie, I do love you. Do you, Bobby? Yes. And, Charlie? Yes, Bobby? I... I want to marry you. Oh, please. I can take care of you. I can support you. I'll call your dad. I'll get a job. What do you say, Sally? Well, I don't know, Bobby. You don't 
love me, don't you, Charlie? Can't you? Yes, Bobby. I do love you. That's all set. But nothing. We'll drive to you. After all, the picture stars go. We won't have to wait for a month. Why, with that new supercharger on my car, we'll be there for breakfast. Oh, Bobby, it's so exciting. You're going to be Mrs. Robert Thompson before you know it. Come on, finish your beer. Let's get out of here. And a few blocks away, Harry Brown and his partner are closing up the service station. Oh, Sally, darling, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. 
I'm so sorry, darling. Is the driver the other car, Ben? Yeah, yeah, it's on badly carried. Hold on to it, boy. Have you talked to him yet? No, not yet. Okay. How did it happen, kid? I don't know. We were on our way to Yuma to get married. No, I didn't see him. I don't know how it happened. Been drinking, kid? A couple glasses of beer? Yeah, a little more than that if my nose isn't kidding me. How fast is it going? I don't know. Oh, you don't know, eh? And by the way, you hit that car you must have been doing over 80. Oh, no, I don't think so. Now, listen, kid, you're in a mighty tough spot. We want to help you as much as we can, so you might as well be honest with us. What do you mean I'm in a tough spot? The only thing i got to worry about is Sally. I'll pay the fine for going through the intersection, and my car's covered with insurance. And there's one thing you're forgetting. What's that? The driver of the other car. Oh, oh yes. Is he hurt? No. He's dead. And I'm arresting you for manslaughter. While Sally, desperately injured, lies at death's door in the hospital, Bobby undergoes the ordeal of the coroner's inquest. He's held to answer for manslaughter. He's speedily brought to trial. Patiently, the judge hears the testimony of the various witnesses. Finally, he reaches a decision. Fear and remorse play over the taut face of Bobby as he rises to face his sentence. Before I pass judgment on you, have you anything to say? Nothing to say. Robert Thompson, I find you guilty of the charge of manslaughter. In passing judgment upon you, I wish to state that this court is convinced that you have learned your lesson. And when you've paid your debts to society, you'll never again repeat your offense. But I regret that it is impossible for me to sentence you more severely. Not because of any personal rancor or animosity toward you, but as a signal warning to the rest of the potential murderers who are this minute driving their cars to our streets. Those murderers who will today strike down in cold blood 100 people throughout the United States. If we cannot appeal to their common sense, we must make them fear the legal consequences. Robert Thompson, I sentence you to serve not less than three or more than ten years in San Quentin Penitentiary. Ten years in prison? Oh, no, no. And, uh, oh, yes, I just received word that your companion, Miss Sally Kenny, will recover. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Their bandages were removed this morning. I suppose you'd like to say goodbye to her before you leave for the penitentiary? Yes, Judge. I would very much. Then I sentence you to visit her this afternoon. You sentence me? that afternoon, Bobby is escorted by a detective. Outside Sally's room, he faces Mrs. Kenny. The first time since the accident. Mrs. Kenny, I don't know what to say. Don't try to say anything, Bobby. It's done. Nothing can change. Will she see me? She talks of nothing else. I'll take you in. But Bobby. Yes, ma'am. 
be prepared for a shock. Don't let her know. She hasn't seen him near enough. Is it that bad? Yes, bad indeed. You, you won't recognize her. Oh, God. Please help me to pay for this. Come along, my God. Sally, darling. Yes, Mommy. Guess who I've got to see you. Bobby? That's right. Oh, Bobby. Bobby loves you, Tom. Sally. Oh, my. What are you doing with something like that? Did you see what? What? My son. Tommy. Do you want to kill her? No, no, of course not. I, I just couldn't believe you were all right. You were all here. That's all. Oh, where have you been, Bobby? I've missed you. Didn't they tell you? Tell me what? I've been in jail. In jail? Oh, Bobby. What have you done to you? Sent me to San Quentin for ten years. To San Quentin for ten years? Oh, no, Bobby. No, no, not ten years. I'm leaving tonight. Oh, I miss you, Bobby. I'll think of you... Every minute, Sally. Come along, kid. We got a train to get. Okay, Lieutenant. Sally, will you wait for me? Wait for me? Yes, I do. I will. I'll wait for you forever. I gotta go now. Goodbye, Sally, darling. Goodbye, Bobby. I'll see Bobby to the elevator, Sally, and be right back. All right, Mommy. Goodbye, Bobby. I'll see you later, Sally. Where are you, Bobby? Oh, it's horrible. Now I know why the judge sentenced me to see her. That beautiful face of hers all scarred by old Mrs. Kenny. She'd be better off dead. Yes, Sally. She'd be better off dead. Oh, make up, Mrs. Kenny. I'll do anything I can. When I get out of San Quentin, I'll spend the rest of my life trying to help her forget. I'll spend the rest of my life trying to make up for that night. Yes. You ain't thought of this over time and come back yet. So long, Dick. But can Bobby Thompson's kindness and tenderness to that poor girl ever make up for her scarred and mutilated beauty? Can his watchful care for old Mrs. Brown ever substitute for the love of the son he murdered? These are questions of ethics, of inevitable moral responsibility, which law books cannot solve. The answer lies with the source of the trouble, with the citizen who drives an automobile. He must be made to realize his responsibility. He must be educated to safety. Bobby Thompson presents the drunk driver type. Our traffic cases are full of others. The reckless driver, the speed demon, the road hogs, and on and on. Every man who jumps the signal threatens a life. 
Every motorist who drives with his own rights in mind and concedes the other motorists are watching their side of the road is an error. We all should drive with not only our own margin of safety, but allowing a margin for the other fellow as well. In this discussion of traffic accidents, the motorist is not the only villain. Many of the accidents caused by foolish or thoughtless pedestrians. Many of the traffic deaths that occurred because someone tried to cross behind parked cars in the middle of a block or thoughtlessly crossed the street behind a streetcar. We have made rules and regulations for the control of both pedestrians and automobile traffic. We are enforcing these laws. You who violate them and receive citations are being reminded of their existence so that you will not be guilty again. Our only purpose is to stop the wholesale murder of innocent victims of peacetime's greatest human menace, the automobile. Such is the job of the police department. After we catch the violators, they go to the court. And I will now ask Judge Leroy Dawson to tell you what will happen to those offenders who come before him. Judge Dawson. Driving an automobile in a crowded city is an important piece of business and requires the undivided attention of the driver. You can't be a careful driver and have your mind on other things. Now get this, you drivers. You who think it's smart to go through signals and boulevard stops, and you who drive recklessly along Los Angeles Street. The police department has been arresting and will continue to arrest as many of your type as they can. They are doing fine work even though they are handicapped by a shortage of men and equipment. And Judge Brand and I are backing up their efforts by insisting that you either change your driving habits or else the means of driving will be taken from you. You yourself will either go to jail for as long as the law gives us a right to send you, or your automobile will be taken out of circulation. One of you must go. Separated, neither of you can harm any other person on the highway. The considerate and attentive driver need have no fear. But as for you reckless, careless, and drunk drivers, watch out. The speed squad will make every effort to apprehend you before you add other victims to the terrible traffic toll recorded to date. And you may rest assured that severe punishment awaits you if you are convicted or enter a plea of guilty. There can be but one answer to the challenge before us, and that is there must be either fewer traffic deaths and fewer reckless drivers in Los Angeles, or there will be a great increase in the population of the Lincoln Heights Jail. The choice lies with you. Thank you, Judge Dawson. Speaking of safety, yes, do you know it isn't safe to pay less than 25 cents a quart for motor oil? People oil was too likely to break down and damage your motor. What's the safest oil to buy for 25 cents? There's only one 25 cent oil that's really world famous. Sinclair Opaline Motor Oil. It's safe because it's sealed and canned at the refinery. You get an oversized quart for a quarter, and you get protection because Sinclair Opaline has a worldwide reputation for quality and a tremendous volume of sales all over the world. Enable Sinclair to price Opaline Motor Oil at only 25 cents for an oversized quart can. Opaline gives you more miles of safe lubrication than many higher priced oils. It's an unusual value. Who sells Sinclair Motor Oil? You can get an oversized quarter Sinclair Opaline Motor Oil for a quarter at any Rio Grande service station. And you can also learn at any Rio Grande station how to avoid auto accidents. How? 
Look on the back cover of the Calling All Cars News. Any Rio Grande dealer will gladly give you a free copy of this publication. It's full of interesting true stories about Mae West, William Powell, Greta Garbo, true detective stories, radio and movie news. Don't miss this month's Calling All Cars News. Free at all Rio Grande service stations. Calling all cars, handling all cars, broadcast 68. Regarding you a string of citations of traffic violators. This broadcast is to remain in effect because of traffic death rates and material reduced. And that's all. Roll with you, This is your narrator, Fred Whitman's Lee, saying good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company. <laughs>